Welcome, this is the Teaching Excellence Podcast for all things FE, teaching, learning, assessment, quality and possibly a few other things along the way. Hosted by Steph Wilkinson and Jade Gibson, leaders in FE who want to support others and make a difference and hopefully spread a little happiness whilst we're at it. Welcome to the Teaching Excellence podcast and welcome to 2020. I can't believe it's February already, Um, but here we are and I hope you had a nice Christmas and New Year and found some rest and I hope you're finding your feet into the new year. But here we are, um, lots of exciting things planned for 2020 for the podcast, including events and guest speakers. Um, But if there's any topics or guests you want, um, us to feature on the podcast then just let us know get in touch um via the questions um part of the app um but we're starting this year with a guest rosie francis rosie and i have connected via linkedin um we had a chat and um, we decided we'd have a discussion and record it for the podcast on lesson observations so i hope you enjoy it Hello and welcome to the Teaching Excellence podcast. Um, Steph here. Um, special episode today. Um, I've got a guest, uh, Rosie. Hi, Rosie. Hi. Ro- Hi. You okay? Yeah. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good. Um, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody? Yeah. Uh, so I am Rosie Francis. Uh, my job title is the head of teaching and learning, and I work at City Islington College in London. Fab. And um, we kind of met really just randomly, haven't we? Just, <laughs> yeah, um, we met on LinkedIn, which is good, I think. I'm, I think it's a new platform for me. I'm, I'm finding myself meeting lots of people in the sector. Yeah, I um, I, re- I love Twitter and I love LinkedIn. Um, I'm very kind of conscious of, of how I use both of those platforms. But LinkedIn has always been that place where people make contact, say hi. And yeah. um, and actually, that hadn't happened for quite a while. And then um, you popped up in <laughs> after new year yeah um, which is really nice I, I love connecting with people who do very similar similar work to myself so yeah I think it's important then, because you don't yeah. get to necessarily meet the equivalents no. of your role you know in your own job so it's, no, I think I, it's good to network like that yeah I've always the way that I describe it is um you can like I can occasionally feel quite lonely in in the job that I do yeah um, even though you're like involved in developing teacher learning for like a whole college with mm-hmm. lots of people and lots of teachers um, it can feel a little bit lonely and I just I'm quite passionate about making sure we're not all trying to reinvent the wheel yeah um, because and- that's the thing isn't it you, you can end up in your little silo yeah. and actually there's so many great colleges doing great things and I, and there's not really that opportunity to network not in not in person no. And then we go, you know, we stay in, we stay into our colleges and go, yeah, this is our little policy we've come up with. But <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's that whole, um, just bringing people together, just bouncing yeah. ideas, talking through the challenges, talking through like what it's really like sometimes. And then, and then actually you can just spark a bit of an idea of like, oh yeah, that might be good. Or oh, yeah. yeah, we could try that. Or um, and I think it's really useful. So, yeah, we just had a catch up on, on Zoom, haven't we? Just to mm. like figure out what we're doing and um, yeah. bounce ideas off each other, <laughs> and, which has been really good, actually. Yeah, as I think it's really nice to hear someone else's challenges and, to, and almost not feel alone in those yeah, the same challenges. Yeah. 
Definitely. So we decided we were going to talk about observations. Yes, that <laughs> controversial topic. Yeah, and it's I know Jade and I have talked quite a bit about observations before, but actually, my thinking and my um around observations and what that looks like and what it feels like does change. It is ever changing, ever yeah. evolving. So I think I think it's timely just to because you you're you've got quite a bit of stuff going on and and actually where I've kind of um you know, we've kind of got something going on that I'm kind of really happy with this year in terms mm. of the coaching model. It's probably time for development. Again, thinking about going into next year already, which seems a bit crazy in January. Yeah. Um, but... But you've got to get people ready for it yeah, before it comes yeah. round, haven't you? And the nature of our roles is you're always kind of thinking quite far ahead, so... Yeah, absolutely. So I suppose we'll start with, like, we'll just go with... Um, giving me like I'll ask you about what you're up to and yeah, uh, and then we'll kind of take it from there and see how it see how we go. Um, but yeah, what are you up to? Yeah, so well, currently we're on a we're on a graded observation model, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I was quite shocked actually mm. because I've not come from a place where that was in was in place for years, mm. and so it's been really odd to get back into grading mm. because I'd almost trained myself not to grade anymore yeah and we didn't speak in numbers you know we never even said um oh you know yeah it was this but you know it's actually that's that's you know like a high two we, we'd stopped doing that so mm. it's odd to go back to that but we're moving away from from that model mm. and we want to try and create something which is more supportive more developmental mm-hmm. however you know as as you as you will know from your jobs, previous jobs, that mm. there comes with a lot that comes with a lot of trepidation from mm. from staff uh, around. You know the fact that there's no number attached to it anymore, and I think that's a little bit of a blanket for a, 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 quite a few people. Yeah, and also then if you're moving it to developmental, how is how are you judged in your practice? Mm. Should you be judged? Mm. Uh, and the developmental stuff you know that might be more regular so we might be seeing teaching a lot more and again a reluctance with that because obviously people then think I'm happy I was happy with my one hour or 45 minute observation per year yeah but with the supportive model I would like to certainly move towards it's more regular observation Mm -hmm. but it's purely developmental so yeah. I'd be I'd want to go in, but I'd want I'd want teachers to tell me what they wanted to focus on prior to that. Yeah. So you know we'd have a conversation. They'd say maybe that they were interested in developing their questioning, and for that whole academic year, that's what we'd look at. And mm. um, but what we'd do it, we'd go in, we'd see them. They'd invite us into a particular session, and then mm. we'd have like a coaching conversation about mm. that particular session. So that's where my head's at. More mm-hmm. regular observation, but more focused and more supportive. Yeah, I think it's just really interesting as a whole topic because this debate's been going on for years now, hasn't it? Mm. In terms of grades, no grades. Um, what? How do you use the data? What do you do with the data? How do you yeah. treat people? And actually, for I remember a couple of years ago, just feeling a little bit. Um, confused at times mm. <laughs> because, um there was so much debate yeah so oh, completely debates. um but I've because I've backed off from engaging in the debate 
a little bit and just kind of accepted you know where we were at and what what I was able to manage to do in terms of nudging nudging perceptions forward mm. it's allowed me to just be get quite clear about what I think it should be or what I think it should look like mm. and I think you know that it's about the use of language as well, I think. So yeah, super important. Things that you said that really intrigued me, as in, um, you know, where we when you move away from a graded model, people still ask what grade it might have been. Yeah, I think that oh. takes a long time culturally to change, though. Yeah. And I think actually that again, that might take years for people to stop saying, "Oh, but if we were grading, what would it be?" Yeah. Uh, it certainly took when I when I did it in a previous college. Yes, that's what people said. Mm. for a long time and I said well we're not going to talk like that you know that I'm just not going to give that that mm. information to you because it, it diverts the it diverts the focus of your feedback yeah from being about the, the rich feedback to waiting for that number to be said yeah and it's and then I've had someone like sort of present a slightly different perception um not so long ago actually where they said well if you're going to come and see what I'm doing then I want to know how good or not good it is because I mm. want to be I want to be outstanding and I want to be amazing um so I find that interesting because actually then you could say okay they want to know that for a positive reason yeah um and 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 so I can appreciate that but at the same time it's got to be you don't have to have a you don't have to be able to say how good something is or isn't by just having the number attached to it no. um, or even attached to it. So, um, yeah, it's really it's, it's a really interesting topic to think about. I um, I kind of, you know, wholeheartedly sort of sit with what you were saying about developmental mm. um, conversations, coaching conversations. Um, but again, I think it's very much about language. Yeah. So, you know, to move from a graded model and, and where people get given notice um, as to when an observation is going to happen, mm. um, I, people find that quite weird to go to a place where if you say something like no notice, no grades. Yeah, I think that's that's it's instantly scary, I think, for teachers people, then. Yeah, people, because they're like then they're always on edge for it. Or a prolonged period of time, maybe, or they, yeah, they're worried. It, actually, you just for me, there's no reason to say no notice. Mm, yeah, absolutely. What well, I think actually, this you should be able to negotiate and say, you know, what I'd really like you to come and see me at this point mm. because I'm trying something new, mm. or I'm having a real tough time with this group behaviorally. Mm. And I just want you to see and th- see if you can give me any strategies or look at my practice and see what I am doing well or maybe need some support with. Mm. But I think observation has been used as a tool for so long mm. to performance manage in certain places that that I can see why people are reluctant to move to a more of an open door. Yeah, and and I think for me, um one of the things we've been working hard on is, is you know, reducing fear of observation. So I talk about walkthroughs or learning walks or lesson visits, you know, whatever you yeah. want. I talk about that from a, a, a regular 
frequent like I talk about it and say that those things should be regular and frequent yeah and actually there's no grades attached to walkthroughs it's just this ongoing um looking at what teaching learning quality is like yeah it's an ongoing conversation with students about their experiences around teaching and learning it's just this and then um because there isn't a grade attached to walkthroughs and that we've built that up to be regular and frequent staff are now less scared of people coming in and out of of the lessons and I always say to managers that it's what you do with that information that counts yeah yeah absolutely because I think if they've got to use that from a supportive yeah perspective haven't they with that with that with that teacher yeah and I think sometimes and you know I've heard horror stories Mm. of places where they're secretly grading or they're grading with like a a, a color yeah (laughs) and and I think you know that's concerning and but it sounds like what the way you're thinking Mm. um about the process is that Mm. you get you're getting teachers used to it and then you're they're seeing that actually the impacts of it is positive. Yeah. And it's, yeah, so. Because it's not leading to um, a difficult conversation. It's mm-hmm. is trying to improve and trying to implement and trying to reflect, trying to develop what they're doing. The outcome is always a positive, supportive approach. Yeah. yeah. Where that is a bit more challenging is if you, if people are not trying to, develop and reflect and improve what they do if you have um you know people who are maybe a bit more resistant to reflecting and developing then the the question then is it shouldn't ever be about grading it shouldn't ever be that performance management hinges on on observation actually no the way that i've become more clear about what observation is i think for me first and foremost a college has to decide what the purpose of observation is. And, you know, for me, observation, first and foremost, is um, a development, a professional development tool. Yeah. And then what I do fundamentally believe in is that you can collect a lot of data and rich data if you're doing lots of regular walkthroughs and not graded. And you can then compare and contrast the data that's coming through the system on a weekly basis um, to say, oh, OK, look at the strengths and areas for improvement that are coming through. Yeah. Over time, are they changing? Yeah, because that's that's measuring your impact then if, yeah. if things are actually dropping out of your areas for development. And it also helps you develop, you know, useful, meaningful CPD. Yes, exactly, because, and that data, so it's important how you capture that data. Um, it's important they make it easy for, like, managers to capture that data. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think the more you just collect really rich, frequent, regular um, information about teaching and learning, then the more you can do with it. So yeah. the more reliable it is, the more regular it is, the more frequent it's coming through. And you can then look, it might even be once a month. Yeah. Whatever fortnight you can look at what's coming through as strengths what's coming through as areas for improvement and like you say on a whether it be on a individual basis people should be seeing changes in those you know um 
markers yeah um but then on a team level if I was a manager in the department I would be constantly just looking at the patterns coming through yeah absolutely okay team because like I said for me the most important thing is what you do with the data so as a manager um if they're you know for me I, I strongly believe curriculum managers first and foremost should be leading teaching learning development yeah yeah um, you know I would be saying to my team okay the last two weeks this is what we're seeing we're seeing this is really good and this yeah is and that should be at the forefront of every team meeting yeah and, they me. and I think we you know out. yeah we lose the focus of it yeah. you know we, we we talk we talk a lot about numbers yeah. about retention about attendance about punctuality mm. and really we need to be thinking what's the learner experience yeah and and that for me is what what are we seeing that's good and and maybe yeah highlight a few strengths yeah and, and, and specifics around those strengths and celebrate that as well I think saying exactly. to people you know in this department we've got we're really good at stretch and challenge how mm-hmm. can we share that with other departments who are not so strong at that particular area and how can we share it with each other within the team yeah yeah and then um for the areas for development it might be like okay these are the top three that are coming out yeah and actually let's now spend just 20 minutes helping each other to think about how we can generate three or four ideas about how we do that differently next week yeah. and then next week i'll come in and see um what you're trying um and what we're trying to develop you know if if it is say for example it's stretch and challenge that's it's something that needs to be improved upon okay let's get let's get some input from the teacher and learning coaches say that you know because that's a structure yeah college and um, my team of teacher and learning coaches are, are there to um for anybody to access but especially for managers to say mm. okay, can one of the team come in just help us facilitate a session on stretch and challenge for example and then it's okay guys there's five examples of uh, or let's come up with five examples as a team and let's yeah. implement them try them next week see what happens yeah and then and that actually helps build as well i think you know it gets rid of the fear because we're going to try something new it might not work yeah and no one's no one's coming in and judging you about that but i think that is very difficult culturally to get out of do you think i do i think i think because i think a lot of a lot of teachers still see are still seeing the, the walkthroughs the learning walks you know whatever you, we want yeah. to call them yeah. as this kind of of being judged and i think one thing i struggle with is is working out how we can change that uh but but i know i know how we can do it because we just need to show them that it's not yeah and also that's... consistency amongst managers to give the feedback um yeah. it you know obviously we talked a bit about coaching i'm i'm a trained coach but not everyone i work with is that is is has gone through that training and i think one of my challenges at the moment and one thing we're trying to implement is a coaching course in-house coaching course well, we've just actually commissioned um, Skills and Education Group um, okay. to, they're going to deliver a five-day um, bespoke coaching programme to our curriculum managers and programme managers. Oh, great. Um, and that is going to be really, really useful because, like you say, I, I keep, um, I've moved us away from trying to say we give feedback after observations to 
um, you know, there'll be professional discussion. Yeah, we have a coaching conversation. Yeah, and mm. I think once you've once you've um looked at some of the principles of coaching, I know that whenever from when I did coaching a coaching call, the way I deliver meetings is completely different. Yeah, I facilitate meetings is completely different, and my teaching actually um is very different to how it was before. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and it's radically changed the way I conduct any kind of one-to-one. Yeah. Um, and even when I've been given feedback to say, I never, I'm almost never say what I, you know, what how did how did you think it went? Yeah. I'm much more specific in my in my questions around like, can you tell me what five strengths that you had? Yeah. With? And and it opens it up and you know it's not just a one way because i think in the past yeah. observations have just been a one way street haven't they you sit down you listen to the feedback and then you get your number and you and you're either happy about it or you're not yeah well it's all it's been a historically just been a very done to yeah exactly and i think coaching um a coaching approach very much opens that conversation to be a two way conversation and for me it's you know when if we're collecting this data, this, this and we don't need to call it no notice. Mm. It's just we're going to do regular walkthroughs that are not graded. And actually, we just continuously gather the data and then mm. we the conversations. And I think, you know, I, I agree that culturally it's hard to shift. Um, but what I've kind of decided is... Um, this, well, there's two things that I've, I think are quite have been quite successful. Is one always know your why. Um, yeah, I've talked about this before. Like the bigger why and the bigger picture around why we change policies and procedures um, is really important. Um, and I, I, I um, sort of make sure that's communicated regularly whenever I'm talking about changes to processes, um, and the mm. bigger around observation is is all about staff development and supporting people to be the best yeah they can be that's know. it and I think it's got to be a positive so I think as well getting teachers involved in the process the changing yeah. I think a lot sometimes you know policy and um and ideas come from the top don't they yes and actually I think we need to flip that and it needs to come from the bottom yeah. and although that we're not all going to agree because you're yeah. never gonna you're never gonna get that. I have a hundred different ideas with a hundred people. Yeah, but I think even you know you were mentioning about the coaching um, training that your manager's gonna have and curriculum yeah. leaders. Yeah, I I I strongly feel that actually everyone needs to be trained in the in the observation yeah. process, as in yeah. so they know how to carry one out so even a member of staff who is not necessarily going to be doing them Mm. knows the process because I think you know knowledge is power isn't it then then they understand yeah and you've just reminded me actually of one of the things that's been really successful um I probably mentioned it before on here um a way back when but um our service industries team uh um you know sport public services etc um super you know on board with coaching because sporting background obviously yeah they understand um the benefits of that and what they have done before now is taken people 
with them and not necessarily to graded observations but they I think they have done that as well yeah they've had permission you know from the member of staff but definitely on learning walks they've taken other members of staff with them and almost done like a live narrative around what's going on and how it's judged and what we're looking for and um and yeah. then coached them as well and asked them questions of what do you think of the learning and what do you think of that and what yeah. do you think of that and actually those members of staff um, have really then they're just you know um teachers and yeah and they've really benefited from that yeah because I think then at least you know you're being absolutely open as to what is being looked for yeah why it's being looked for and I think yeah I think that transparency is really important yeah because otherwise yeah we get into the negative side of of the of observation really mm. whereas I think the transparency is important I, I recently so Ofsted have re- released a a paper around six observation models. Did you see that? Um, yeah, I did actually. And there's some really interesting models in there, but one of them yeah. particularly was switching obs- the observation process on the head com- on its head completely. And instead of looking at the teacher, I mean, obviously we look at you know, the class and the students, that's most important, but yeah. they actually gave the feedback to the students instead. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, and so they said to them things like, you know, okay, so you know, student A, you didn't contribute, you know, you, you've not made enough effort there and, you know, you didn't complete this work. And they did it with a small, like, selection of students. Yeah. And then they said, you've got to get better at this, you've got to get involved, you've got to do the task work well as a group. And then they came to see them again. So they gave them actions and feedback. Yeah. And they never spoke to the teacher at all. Uh, this was a while ago that I read this I think yeah but it's an interesting model isn't it that we we just bypass well it's really the the facilitator really but and and put the and put the expectation on the student instead it's really interesting as in um yeah it's because for me it's about that's you, you then it's not even about the observation is it it's about students getting feedback on their approach to their learning exactly yeah and actually I, that's probably really really powerful yeah but I'm not sure I, I'm skeptical about it because I think it was done yeah. in small numbers yeah uh, within very specific departments yeah um, it feels like there's probably a, a nice project <laughs> yeah yeah there is but but yeah, you'd, it's again that would be definitely about how you do it, what you do, what types of feedback you give, um, and whether student whether as to whether students are going to like react badly to that or react um, well to that because it needs to be useful to them um, if it's about their investment in their learning or how they could improve their yeah energy and the effort they spend on learning. Um, but yeah, no, it's um. I think it's just really interesting to think about how, you know, culturally, um, you know, your policy and your process and your language ultimately drives the culture. Mm, Um, Absolutely, yeah. And it's really important that we think about the bigger why and the the language we use around that. Because like I said before, that for me, first and foremost, observation of any sort needs to be about professional development and professional discussion um but then secondly you know if you do it well and you've got this ongoing basically it's like formative feedback isn't it it's yeah, yeah. the learning it's just constant ongoing 
looking at what's going on in classrooms and then talking about it. Yeah, because I think actually, you know, teaching and learning, as I think, again, we spoke about this, sometimes it's bottom of the agenda. Mm, and it's something that... Bizarre. Yeah, it, well, which is crazy <laughs> because it's so much of, then, you know, people's jobs as well. <laughs> but, you know, and then, you know, yeah, I just think it's crazy that it's, it's so low. Or, I mean, I've experienced it where people don't speak about it enough or it seems like this thing that people don't have time necessarily or the space to talk about and actually if you flip it and that becomes the only thing you talked about um i guarantee you would get better student feedback better outcomes better yeah. everything you know agreed better. agreed i think and staff satisfaction yeah because we'd be talking about the job we would yeah. be talking rather than yeah. the bits around the job which I know are important you know statistics ultimately are important yeah. and I think statistics can reflect as well on what's going on in the classroom sometimes yeah and then in the background you don't need to grade it to no. be able to talk about whether something is is you know whatever category you want it to fall into because what I realized a little while ago is um observations are not the only measure of teaching and learning no absolutely I've never, I've never felt like that actually but um the more you get into um the mindset of observations are not the only picture of teaching and learning that we have for me it's about setting out the stall as a college what's our teaching and learning indicators yeah so for me, I, on my on the board in the teacher learning coach office, we did that at the beginning of the year. We put all the different indicators on the board that we could think of. So we had, um, you know, yeah, we've got student surveys and mm-hmm. student voice because they're for, for me they're two different things. Student voice and student feedback is the you know when we're doing lesson visits, it's yes looking at the at what's going on, looking at the learning and the teaching but spending quite a bit of time asking students about their learning, about yeah. their experiences. And yes, you'll have to, if you want to use these processes as additional quality assurance data points in the background, and again, yeah. I don't mean by grading, I just mean the collection. Of yeah, we need to just assess data. that. Yeah, yeah, assess it and say this is um, part of the picture yeah, of then, teaching and learning. And I think... You know, ultimately as well, outcomes outcomes for, for students are going to, you know, if the students are doing well, they're progressing, their value added is, is score is high. All of those things are going to tell you as well yeah. how, how good teaching and learning is. I think yeah. the worry that managers have, and I certainly have, I think, is when, you know, when Ofsted come, mm. and they're going to say, what does teaching and learning look like? Mm. And I think it's difficult for some managers to think to get away from the stats yeah and and sometimes um you I think about it in two ways because obviously you've got your normal I talk about it as a teaching and learning dashboard yeah we don't have a dashboard but we um currently we just have all these different indicators by which I'm sort of saying to curriculum managers okay you, you need to have a a good idea as to what um, your indicators are so you know if you're trying to improve the quality of feedback mm. that's not really a data point that's no. going to be looking at your learning walk data um, looking at 
what the student feedback is about feedback yeah looking at then um the quality of the feedback on the learner's work yeah and the and the quality of the learner's work over time yeah to see that, if, to see if it improves that's more scrutiny yeah. isn't it of yeah of the process and the work and and yeah. I think but you're totally right that is an indicator of of quality yeah and then particularly around whether you know has the subject been taught enough so that students able to meet the criteria uh, you know more than just a pass <laughs> so yeah. I think you know I think grade grades also you know yeah they they do count for a lot I think in the how 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 much your teacher is able to push the students yeah for them to achieve but I think again you know high expectations we you've got to have that I think from the very get-go within all aspects in order for teaching and learning to be good I agree and that has to be like high expectations of yourself as a teacher yeah and high expectations of your students yeah yeah Um, and I think and that's it you know the other bit is another indicator is your planning for learning so we can look at the quality of the planning for learning and look at whether it's challenging enough you know is have you planned for um really high expectations around wider knowledge skills and behavior mm-hmm. you know and have you thought about how it relates to industry and what um you know in innovative current practices in industry you're going to sort of show the students whether it be yeah. get guest speakers or whether you'd use um um skype to get people from all over the world to do talks to your students yeah and that's interesting because we don't look at that at the beginning of the year before necessarily Mm -hmm. it's implemented but from a quality perspective Mm -hmm. we just go in and see a snapshot of yeah of teacher but actually if we were able to go okay you know how how have you sequenced this why have you done it in this way and you know this is detailed you've clearly thought about all of the areas that would also then give you the indication that 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 module that unit that yeah. course is going is going to be run well yeah and, and for uh, me it's like so it's like the the observations become one part of our one little dashboard light yeah doesn't need a grade doesn't need a number associated with it it just needs to be quite rich data mm. then adds up into this bigger picture of okay so what's the attendance like what's the punctuality like what's the retention like so you've got you've got some clear data points yeah yeah they've also got your student voice yeah and you've got your student surveys so actually if we were going to think about performance management you'd look at that whole host of indicators yeah absolutely you know you'd say okay there's lots of areas for development cropping up on the learning walks the students are saying that they don't feel like they're making significant progress yeah. the students are saying that they're not really getting any feedback yeah is not great and the punctuality is not great and actually the retention isn't good either so you're building up a bigger picture that is about performance management yeah if yeah if you had to go that way there's so, yeah, if, there's so if, much more narrative behind yeah, that ultimately you know in any job there's there's always performance management if there's underperformance because you don't want anything less than at least good efforts and energies for your students yeah absolutely Uh, but it doesn't it doesn't mean that you have to have a formal observation with a number attached to it no because because you can see whether 
well I think yeah you you look at the narrative but mm-hmm. may, you know we but we say that the observations are just one small part of that larger picture and actually the main driving force of the observation is for professional development yeah uh, but I think also then you know you it's tough because what happens if you see some awful practice in a lesson that yeah. you're doing a walkthrough in yeah. you know what is that then still just a supportive process or and does it, that become more serious and and I think that's difficult isn't it because yeah it's, it would be difficult to see that and not do anything about it obviously not you are you're going to do something about it but it's what you do how yeah. that looks yeah um, and I think for me as a as a curriculum manager I would again it's, it's about having professional conversations and professional discussions mm. that kind of says because actually within that lesson I would always make sure I'm talking to the students if the students are saying that things are not okay and that matches a judgment of things not being okay Mm -hmm. then that 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 should in my opinion lead to a professional discussion that says you know students are kind of not um, particularly positive and obviously based on um, some of the things that we were seeing now for me that is okay so you I want you to work with the coaching team yeah um and you know again as a manager I would expect you to be um or me to be having those conversations and signposting and because we need to help them support people through um quality improvement mechanisms yeah. now again that's a different story if someone just refuses to engage with the coaching team at that point. yeah yeah and of course then that's then that does go down the road potentially a performance management doesn't it and I think that's the key that people engage in the process yeah or it it has to be that and I don't think anyone should be shocked if they're not going to engage they're not going to reflect and and the quality isn't great you know no one should be shocked if you get to a performance management position but at the same time if you've got for me and that's why I've always been really passionate actually about quality improvement and and not necessarily quality assurance Mm. if you build a culture which is supportive and you have all the mechanisms in place um that there is um non-threatening non-confrontational yeah um you know judgmental processes that really just say okay I'm gonna I'm gonna help yeah and what what help do you need what support do you need yeah the door is always open for people to engage in professional improvement um and then it's it's you shouldn't really ever get to performance management unless you've got quite resistant yeah and I think that would be that would be minimal anyway yeah you know we're not talking we're not talking that that would go down the road for you know that's not a road sorry that everyone would go down Mm. it would be you know a very minimal amount of teachers that would go down that because I think you know most teachers want to improve want to reflect want to get support have conversations about teaching and learning I'm fascinated every day when people do have chats with me about teaching and learning because they're so positive yeah and they might say things like you know we don't do you know I don't get a chance to do this and I think that's also down to the fact that time yes and I really think it's important as an organization to allow allow teachers to have set times when they can 
access professional support, access CPD, even have time with their team to discuss it. What one thing we're doing um currently is we've built we've built or in the in the, the process of building a teaching and learning hub. Okay. A place Amazing. where people can come have yeah. a chat about teaching and learning, where C P D takes place. Yeah. But it's a it's the kind of what I'm trying to create is a, a nice environment as well. Yeah. Bean bags, you know, coffee machine. Yeah. We're going to sit down and we're, and we're just going to have a professional chat. Yeah. Uh, You've got to. And, and this kind of links to um, a, a lot of the stuff that I did over the summer where I implemented a, a new teach and learning coach team. So um, the model before that had been um, quite a large group of people across the colleges um, that were named advanced practitioners. Yeah with a really, really small amount of time um, to kind of dedicate to teaching and learning. And ultimately, um, on review of that, um, I wanted to really change it to be quite, as we were just saying, you know, those people are just significantly important to building a different culture. Yeah. Those, you know, my coaches, I've been super lucky in that, um Although I had a clear vision of what I wanted, um, I've got four amazing, you know, truly high level coaching people um, who just really know how to support people, support managers. Um, it's not, you know, th- that's a different kettle of fish altogether um, than um, just, you know, having a small amount of time. A yeah. Week. Are they, are they full time? Yeah, um, so they're full-time teaching learning coaches and they are um, one day, they teach one day a week equivalent in a, in a curriculum department. Right, okay. Um, and that was, and that was you know, just to kind of work, make it cost-effective. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, you know, yeah, they're, they're full-time, they, um, I manage that team. Um, they are ultimately my leaders of the strategic approach to teach and learn and I'm, I'm the strategic manager for for the teach and learning um initiatives but you know i can't do it all on my own no but they carry out them you but know the, they, the, the work in yeah. the teams and it's and it's not you know it's dealing with the complexities it's dealing with a whole range of different people it's it's dealing with the culture it's dealing with the the individual needs and the complexity yeah yeah and it's good that they sit within curriculum as well, yeah, I think, because is. they're doing the job, but they also have the connections there, you know, the trust. Um, the kind of, like, suit and, and who, who you have as those people are, it, it's really imperative. Like, it's really important that you get that right because um, these people are really key to driving culture. Um, and like I said, I've got a fab team, so... yeah. I've been working really hard to really just support the managers all across college and to figure out what that I talk about it in terms of like an um a universal model of of support so Mm. definitely you know it's not about deficit it's not about um oh if you want to engage the expectation is really high that everything you do the college is expected to reflect and develop their practice um However, every single teacher can also access the coaching team. Yeah. So the ways in which we've had to look at how we build relationships, how we put coaching models in place, how we um, structure that development. You know, it's been it's been really interesting. I mean, like we're only in term two. Yeah. Um, 
but we're still relatively, you know, new as a team. Um, but it's been amazing. And there's some, so the managers that have, are really utilising the team and really accessing the support from the team um, are absolutely flying, you know, with right. building that reflective culture across their departments. So, yeah, it's, you know, kind of looping it back round to observations. Um, it's for me, it's you don't there doesn't need to be a formal graded observation. No. Um, at all there just needs to be a whole we just need to be very clear about what the whole host of indicators are yeah and I think you know from an Ofsted perspective they couldn't care less what what policy you have it's what the impact is and it sounds like from what you're saying there that the coaches are having a great impact in some areas and and that's going to take time it's not going to be overnight is it you know because you've got to build relationships have people talk about how successful that that project's and that strategy has been and I think that's what Ofsted are coming in to look at as well they're they're just coming in to see well it's how are you developing whether it's worked yeah how are you developing your staff how are you supporting them to improve how are you facilitating that improvement yeah do they have access Uh, yeah all of that sort of stuff so it was you know one of my coaches today had received an email from someone that they've just had only one or two conversations with and um, but you know saying thanks so much for your support and thanks so much for showing me a couple of those resources and I'm trying it today and and you know what absolutely high five because yeah. that's what we want you know yeah great to just be like oh that was you know feel supported ultimately. yeah um I have a big thing about making I'm quite passionate about building cultures where people are supported and and feel like they can they are trusted and they can trust. Yeah, and I'm really about that. That's my culture of excellence is built on, you know, reflection and trust and collaboration. And you don't get that by um, having processes that people feel fearful of. Exactly, or people don't understand. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, because because as soon as as soon as you do that, mm. you're immediately on the back foot because yeah, people are going to be fearful of what what what's coming. You know, they don't know what to expect. They don't know what they have to produce. Yeah. And I really think yeah, and, and yeah, I completely agree with you around mm-hmm. you know buying and they've got to see it. This is yeah. what I mean about educating them about systems. Mm-hmm. I think we really need to rather than just training managers you know we need to be transparent in all the training gets given to everyone so that there is a a broad understanding of why we're doing something the purpose the point definitely and for me you know fear drives crazy behaviors (laughs) yeah and um you can you can leave people very confused if Mm. they're and people can feel disorientated um and and I kind of you know when we think about how we do training um I think you know as well as delivering training to observers like you say it should go out to everyone so Mm. um, you might not do a lot of face-to-face training with every member of staff but for me it's about creating little video overviews yeah absolutely acceptable training for everybody because it's difficult on the scales that both of us are talking about staff training is difficult yeah. isn't it you know, time scales and, and size yeah some of the more successful stuff in terms of communication and people buying in have been 
quick um 10 15 minute video i call them screencasts you know where you yeah and you've yeah. given a, a, a recorded overview of, of something and basically just getting that out to everybody and that's um, great because people can access it in yeah. their own time on their lunch breaks on a break and 10 15 minutes don't yeah. need more than that um but these constant bite size little communication messages around it might be you know expectations about planning uh, about schemes work it might be expectations around lesson plans it might be expectations around um observations you know all the stuff that is sometimes quite hard to get out yeah i'm actually really fascinated by digital training like that and i think you know in my role it's across geographically five sites uh, and they're not that far that far away from each other however it's it's you know it's me in terms of I, I don't have I'm not I don't have the luxury of having a team of coaches so anything to help that I think and, and for me like creating a bank of video resources we've got um, an excellent e-learning team yeah. who, who I can rely on to, to be able to support me with that yeah and I think yeah that would that would help but yeah. uh and He's definitely, you know, powerful and we're exploring the team. Um, Me and the team today were talking about possibly having an internal podcast. No, great idea. Just little bits of conversations just here and there. And and I think that will just engage staff differently than, you know, I'm anti-email. So, um, you know, anything that's just not um, an email, I think... Would be would be great. <laughs> yeah, I think actually, you know, I, I, I've worked um, in places, and I still get sometimes now where I I am sending emails that I I could be doing things I could that could be in face to face discussion yeah. essentially, and yeah. and sometimes I think I wish I can go and have that conversation actually rather than. I try. And I, I often reply to people saying, "Oh, just give me a ring. We'll sort it out." Yeah, exactly. And I think there's so much, so much more you can get from a conversation. Yeah. Um, and just keep an eye on time because we could chat oh, yeah. forever about <laughs> I think we're both in the process, aren't we? Where we're reviewing what we're doing and yeah. looking at how to develop it. So we could probably, um, we'll probably catch up again. Yeah, and um, see how they're going. Yeah, like mm. in a, a, a little while once we've made a, some more steps forward because. I think we're going to be similar position to you where we're looking at getting staff to input on, you know, what that looks like. Yeah. And, and I think, um, you know, we, we did a staff survey uh, mm. on our observation process and that was really interesting yeah. to see what people think about ungraded, about graded. Yeah. Uh, and it was fascinating actually, because, you know, you, you get the camps of people who still want grades yeah and then yeah it's it's really polarizing it's a, such a polarizing topic yeah it is so we'll keep the conversation going rosie i want to say thanks so much for like coming on the podcast no i really appreciate you inviting me on the podcast i mean i can't have invited myself <laughs> but i really appreciate <laughs> that stuff always fine um yeah so i'll catch you soon yeah great catch up right. with you soon take care rosie. all right you too bye, thanks bye bye, bye. bye, bye. Thanks for listening to the Teaching Excellence podcast. Leave us a voice message in Anchor. Tweet us and let us know what you think or what you want to hear on the show. Tune in next week for more. Have an amazing week and be the best version of you.